Hello and welcome to Weep Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And we're going to take a slightly different approach for this episode, as we will be talking about Valheim, but more as a like first look experience. But still, as always, spoilers ahead. Yeah, so we're doing a first look mainly because we haven't finished this game yet, but there's so much to talk about that we wanted to give the experience that we have of the game before we've completed it. So we have kind of like a fresh look in our head, and then by the end, we'll come back around and kind of tell you what we think about it after we've completed the game. So Valheim is an open-world sandbox survival game created by the Swedish indie developer Iron Games Studios, and it was published by Coffee Stain Studios. The game was released for early access on February 2nd of 2021. It was developed in the Unity game engine and was created by a team of five people. This game has taken flight. The popularity skyrocketed practically overnight within a month of the release of the game. And the sales have steadily increased uh, from 1 million players in the first week to 5 million players by the end of the month. The large quantity of players have made Valheim climb the ranks of Steam, and it has reached number 39 in the best user-reviewed game of all time. The 5 million players over, uh, over the course of this month have played over 15,000 years of gameplay. And that's on average, each player has put 26 hours into this game. That's mind-boggling to me. And on Twitch, there are over 35 million hours of gameplay total. I think it's safe to say that this game is an overnight sensation. It's absolutely amazing what this indie team has developed and the success that has come from it, from a studio of only five people. So Valheim is an open world game that takes place in the fictional 10th realm of North mythology. You play as an exiled soul that was banished to Valheim and cursed to spend an eternity here. You start with nothing and you must use the environment to gather resources, build shelter, and arm yourself to protect, to protect yourself from the enemies that lie within Valheim. Yeah, this game is very unique in terms of its art style. The game takes a semi-realistic approach with a twist. Certain parts of the game are fairly realistic, like the water and the skybox. They tend to be very clean, have high quality in texture and rendering. Whereas the land, trees, character, and even the monsters have very clean outlines and shapes. Like, they're very defined, but the texture of them have a very pixelated look to it it's as if the developers took like this modern approach to graphics and then scaled them back in a way that from far away everything looks pretty high quality it looks realistic in some sort of aspect but then from up close and personal you can actually see how simple everything actually is you see these pixelated graphics on this creature you're fighting whereas from far away kind of just all blends together Usually when 3D games have this pixelated look to them, it makes them look cheap or just thrown together without any care. But with this game, I can tell that it was actually handled with a lot of care because it seems very intentional and well thought out the way the pixelation works with the environment. It doesn't hinder anything and it actually isn't all that noticeable in most scenarios just because it works so well with the environment. They did an amazing job just creating this world setting and making sure that nothing makes it so jarring when playing this game. It's just very smooth, and the pixelation added this this weird aesthetic that works really well. I think one of the kind of main reasons also is maybe just because of the the game itself is, like we said, open world, and it's kind of partially like how Minecraft is pre-generated to a certain degree. 
And if they had all these like high textured mobs running around, they would probably hinder a lot of people from playing because your computer would need to read all of that. So they kind of did take that simplicity route, at least for like the mobs. So that way when you do run into them and everything, it doesn't just bog down your computer while the environment is still like very pleasing to look at. So you're still drawn in, but you don't have to worry about your computer becoming a furnace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially with um, the fact that they are an indie game developer, they probably took the simplistic, simplistic route as well just because of cost reasons and they wanted to probably make a way that made this game unique and not go the low poly route because a lot of indie games are going low poly because it's cheaper to make than a high graphics game and the low poly is just obviously low poly low polygons so there's a lot less rendering involved whereas this one they were able to make that pixelated look so they didn't have to spend a lot of time developing a high detailed creature or tree or rock they were able to make it within budget simply enough and focus on the inner workings of the game that just fit and maybe they spent a lot more time than a detailed creature i don't know but either way i think they did a phenomenal job with it i think they put effort to where it needed where especially the the tree itself that you can see like in the night the night sky looks nice, but then it's like when you look at the map, it kind of looks out of place a little bit based on like the background with all the night sky and then you have the map. But I mean, that's not something players are going to look at constantly, but like the things you do interact with on a daily basis, they made sure to put the effort there. And so you get this mix of seeing something that look almost looks better than what it actually is based mm. on how well they decide what ones needed the extra effort and what ones could kind of go not as much not saying they don't care about it but just kind of like evening evening out the playing field mm-hmm. right so one thing with this game that many people actually are comparing it to is a game called rust so they kind of like call it Viking Rust. And if you don't know what Rust is, it's a multiplayer open world survival game. Pretty much like the same tags and genres as Valheim. But the actual co-founder of Iron Gate Studios, Henrik Tornqvist? <laughs> yeah, I would have butchered it too. I, I Henrik Tornqvist? I don't it know. It looks Russian. <laughs> I think it's or it's most likely Swedish. Swedish, oh. Yeah, because they're the, the Swede developer. Gotcha. They say, or he says, it takes more influence from single-player action-adventure games and RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and Skyrim. And a quote he has is, We wanted to have more of a feeling of an old-school single-player adventure game, kind of like the older Zeldas. And one of the key features that they included that inspired how the game would play was that they wanted bosses that would help you with your progression after defeating them. Whether it be boss drop materials that will allow you to craft certain new items or give you some kind of object that will allow you to progress to the new section. The key focus was boss fights that allowed the players to press on and continue their journeys in Valheim, which also kind of goes with the story of like being exiled and trying to like progress and there's always like people stopping you yeah i think they did a really amazing job creating this well-balanced world and we'll talk about this more soon enough but one game that i find this game similar to and i don't know if they actually took inspiration from it because they did say it was more single player and rpg style games but I always draw similarities to this. I think it's very similar to the game Don't Starve. It's like a 3D version of Don't Starve. You're in a world that you were just dropped in with no way of escaping, so it seems. It's a very unforgiving world with enemies all around you, and it's a base-building game, so you have to build it to protect yourself from weather, enemies, 
There's even crafting tables, upgrades to the crafting, giant bosses. It's hard for me not to see similarities between this game, these games. I don't. It's probably not intentional on their part, but I just find these similarities, and that's actually what drew me to this game. The parallels are there, and it drew me in, and I'm like, you know what? Let's try this, because if it's similar to Don't Starve, I'm in, because I'm obsessed with Don't Starve. So, as we already mentioned, this is our Valheim first look. So, in the future, we're going to be looking at this once we've beaten the game to see if our opinions have changed and what we can talk about. Um, right now, I kind of want to talk about what the game has to offer and this, this freedom and the balance that this game has. And it even scales and see if it scales as we progress. Currently, we've only really defeated the first two bosses. But there are three more after that, so five bosses in total. So we're about at the halfway point of the game. Which, this really gives us semi-sort of an idea of how the progress should go. But before we jump into like the boss fights, let's talk about the beginning of the game. So we are able to create a new character, and you can customize it in any way that they allow. Like, you can change your hair, your beard, uh, your... Just you can just customize it in what makes you seem fit. And then you see once you create this character and go into a world, you are carried by this giant human crow hybrid, which I think that this can be assumed as Odin, due to Odin often being called the Raven God. You're dropped in the middle of some sort of stonehenge like structure that has five large stone monoliths with these carvings of large creatures on each one of them. A crow then appears next to you and will walk you through the steps of how to get going within this game. And it'll give you tips on where to start your progression and where to go from there. Next to one of these carvings, there is a ruin, uh, I'm sorry, a rune that reveals the location of the first boss on your map. And you must prove your worth by defeating this creature and eventually the other four that are depicted on these monoliths. But you must use like your skill and wit to explore the maps, find the location, and to start your journey. From here, you are free to explore the world as you see fit. Go gathering resources is a first set you must complete to progress. Gathering wooden rocks will allow you to craft items. Someone to pretty much any other like open world survival game. You have to get like the basic stick stones, create your tools to get other more materials in order to help build a shelter. As you gather resources, crafting recipes will be unlocked and you can start making your weapons, tools, and a workbench that will increase your craftable items. And you won't unlock any recipe until you actually get the item in question. So you may not even know what you can build until you just happen to find an ingredient for it. Which I think is actually a pretty cool take on it. Mm -hmm. I like that too because it just gives you that sense of what can I craft? And then as you're collecting stuff, you're like, oh, I'm getting all these unlockables. What else can I collect in order to get more recipes? So it's a really cool way to kind of pique your interest and make you want to gather resources yeah it really makes you want to go and forge and not mm -hmm. just be content on where you're at but you must be careful while you go collecting because enemies look within the forest the meadows are their starting biome and those are where you'll find your pretty low level mobs such as the grayling and boar and you can find deer too, but deer don't actually attack you. They just run away. So the only ones you have to worry about really are the grayling, boar, and also the neck. Mm. If Depending on if you're near like a source of water. They're like these like lizard type creatures. But as one would expect, a biome that has such weak opponents will only provide you with low level co collectibles. So like you can only get like your very basic... Is it stone first? Or is it... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like stone axe, stone pickaxe. Well, not even a stone pickaxe. Uh, stone axe and stone knife and all this stuff before you can even get, like, flint to go on to the next set. 
But if you want to get better equipment, you need to progress more and explore other biomes. But of course, this comes with risks. Because as we stated before, the game developers had this in mind when creating the boss battles. In order to safely move on from one biome to another, you'll need the loot that is dropped from the previous boss. This type of gameplay incentivizes you, the player, to progress to a specific point, then defeat the biome boss, and then you can move on. If you don't, you most likely won't be prepared for the next biome. So even if you got lucky and say you went straight from the meadows to the black forest, or you went there and like you brute forced your way through the like boss battle like even say you died like numerous times but you were stubborn and like oh i'm still gonna keep going and then like you finally beat it after like 40 minutes of battle or something because you were that under level and you're just like oh i just want to explore well even though yes you beat it but then the next biome that like unlocks you're going to be at such a disadvantage because it's just going to pretty much like kick your ass because they made those bosses excuse me for a reason and if you kind of like force your way it'll just be tougher than if you just kind of stuck it out and progress normally yeah and this type of progression is honestly they perfected it in my opinion it doesn't really feel forced there's plenty to do in each biome and it's to the point that you don't feel the need to move on until you have all the equipment you need. Plus it kind of makes it seem like you need to go to the next biome to prepare for a boss in the current biome you're in, or it makes it so it doesn't seem like you need to go to the next biome to prepare for the current boss you're in. Everything you can get in that biome, you feel confident enough to face the boss of that biome. So if I'm in the meadows, all the resources that I can collect there, I feel confident that I will be able to defeat the Meadows boss and same with the Black Forest. The resources I gathered there, I feel confident on to moving onto that boss. And like you said, even if you brute forced your way through this, at some point you're going to be at such a huge disadvantage because of the way they scale the biomes, at least to the extent that we've seen. Because moving on, there is such a huge curve that if you don't get the proper resources from the prior boss, you just, it's not going to work out for you in most cases. Yeah, I can definitely say from experience, because we're on the third boss, which is <clears throat> the swamp boss. And on some areas right outside of swamp, you'll see a biome called plains. And they have goblin-like creatures that even when I had my shield and I had blocked I blocked like 20 damage and took 40 I'm like hmm I don't think that's how it I don't think I'm up to snuff on this and then there's also a thing called a death skeeto in that area and motherfucker just one-shotted me at like 80 health so I'm like, okay, the game really doesn't want me to get to the plains until I beat the swamp boss. Yeah, they, there's definitely a huge curve, and I don't even want to mess with those creatures because they terrify me. But um, one great part about this game, it's not just straight brute forcing, just fighting bosses, collecting resources. You have the option to settle down and build a base, and it's actually required to some extent to build a base because you need some sort of shelter to craft stuff on your workbench because the workbench is required to make stronger gear and upgrade equipment, but you can't use it unless there's a roof over top of it, thus incentivizing a base. On top of that, the base will give you protection from weather and uh, the status effects that come with being like wet from rain and being cold from the environment. And this will increase your comfort level, which adds bonuses to your character, like increased stamina. So it really benefits you to make a bed and make a base with a fire just to take a moment to breathe outside of the constant battle that is in the forests. At first, I found the base building to be really cumbersome in the beginning due to how the placement system works, because there's a 
some sort of like soft locking feature in place where you can place your tiles virtually anywhere you want. But if there's a tile already placed there, you can actually lock onto it with this soft locking ability and create a very organized workflow. Because in a game like The Forest, which we covered a couple episodes ago, you can build a base, but there's no locking system whatsoever. So you're just building and kind of hoping everything can fall into place perfectly. So the soft locking ability lets you make sure that your base will be perfectly square or however you want it. You won't have any gaps in your foundation. But this sort of is a problem at first because you need to understand how the locking ability works. Because if you have a floor tile and you're trying to connect another floor tile to it, you have to position your cursor on it differently than if you had a wall tile trying to connect to the floor, if that makes sense. So depending on what you're trying to build will change the angle or the position of your cursor. So this caused a lot of frustration in the beginning because it didn't go how I thought it was going to go. But after a lot of trial and error, I started to understand building structures. And at first it was really difficult to build things like bridges and wa- like over water structure or over water um, like rivers and lakes. It was just very difficult. But going on, you learn the nuances of building and it actually becomes really simple and I enjoy it a lot in this game now for the most part. It's just the structural portions of the game that are a little tedious. But it's just a fun experience because once you understand it, it opens up a really big world of possibilities because of how unique the architecture in this game is. It's really fun and I like the way they did it. It probably could have a lot of improvements, but as of right now, it's a very enjoyable feature of the game. Yeah, to you. <laughs> I spent an hour trying to make a freaking port, and I got, like, five squares off. Of course, I was also building in the water, but I also feel like I just need to mess with it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because problem... I'm just now getting into or finding out where the floor locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really difficult for water, mainly because of... Like you said, you need to find out where it locks. Because once you step into the water, if it's too deep, you put your hammer away so you can no longer build. But for for water, building over the water, you can't go in it, so you have to stay on the board you're on. And it's almost like Minecraft, where you're trying to you're trying to build a bridge. You have to get really close to the edge and build on again. But this one, it's way too easy to fall off. So it's it's really difficult, and it's uh, rather unpleasant at times. I do kind of like that they added the structural support portion of building mm-hmm. in this game because it's something, at least for me, that not a lot of games do. Even like just straight base building games, you can kind of get away with a lot of things. And especially like Minecraft, obviously, you have its own Minecraft physics. You can build a house flying in the sky. But here, you have to build it almost like the real world like you have to have the support and you have to have it like a certain way you can't just like build it willy-nilly so you have to actually take your time and build it kind of i guess like the vikings would have to do they couldn't just build over a cliff and be like oh perfect you actually Mm -hmm. now you have to look if you're like oh do we actually want this base over this cliff because if we want to build out we're going to have to get these support beams and all this stuff. So it actually makes you really think about where you want to like place your actual base. Yeah, completely agree. It's a really cool aspect that they include this type of like physics sort of simulation. It's very tedious, but I think it adds a lot to the game just because of the realistic aspects of it. Yeah, it definitely help give you a little more immersive feeling. Mm-hmm. So now you finally have your home. You started crafting gear, upgrading your equipment. Now it's time to go and fight the first boss, which is Ikathur. I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing that right. I would say Ikathur, but I Ikthir? don't know the vowel pronunciations of um, <coughs> like Nordic languages. So, like Scandinavian languages. So yeah. I would say Ikathur, but I don't know. Ikathur, Ikathur, whatever his name is. 
When you get to the altar, there's a riddle that will tell you how to summon the boss. Each one of these have it, so if you want to figure it out, once again, as I mentioned earlier, there are spoilers ahead. Here's another reminder for you. If So you must sacrifice two deer trophies on the altar, and after that, this large deer with electrical powers will appear. He will attack with a narrow range electrical attack, or he can attack with an AoE that will damage anyone within, um, I want to say maybe like 5 meters. It's a little, if you're using a spear, I want to say it's about 2 spear lengths. Or does it go farther? No, I think that would probably be accurate, but that's like the radius, like 2 spears radius, so it yeah. goes, yeah. So you must find a way to counter these moves in order to defeat the boss. But one thing, the more players there are in the game, the harder the boss will be. So you got to make sure you keep that in mind. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to bring my friends in just for the boss fight so they can help me. They have it on a system level where they're like, oh, three people, it's going to be this strong. Four people, it's this strong. One person, it's this strong. But... It might, if you want, if you're having like struggles trying to figure it out, you might want to try to figure out like assigned combat roles that will like kind of benefit your style. For me, I, as soon as I got in the game, I don't know what drawed me to it, but I started using the shield. Almost any other RPG game, especially like Skyrim, I never used the shield. Ever. Like, I'm like, nah, full force attack, let's go. I think one of the main reasons why I instantly picked up the shield was it was like, by the way, when you die, you lose skill points. And I'm just like, huh. Yeah, I don't want to die. So I'm going to buff up my defense as much as I can. So I end up using a shield and strangely enough, a wooden shield can block electricity. <laughs> well, Who it, knew? It, it would make sense because actually um, wood's a pretty good insulator, so... It probably wouldn't have that, that strong of electrical... Or it would have really good electrical defense in real life. So, makes sense. Mm. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, upon defeating Agathur, Ikathur, whatever his name is, he will drop his antlers and a trophy. And the cool thing about this is if you have three people, it will drop you enough of that item so everyone can get it for, for whatever is to come. So, for... Like this one, you had to get the antlers and craft them into a pickaxe. And I think you needed three antlers for a pickaxe. And because we had three people, it gave us nine antlers. So it gave us enough for everyone to have their own pickaxe from the first fight. We didn't have to fight them two more times, which I thought was really nice. And so, and then also the trophy you get of this head. You have to bring it back to your little spawning area, and those little monoliths they have, you put each one of these, they're called the Forsaken, and you put them on there, and then you can get a like kind of new ability. And for the first one, after you put it on the monolith, you get his power, which lowers the consumption, I believe it is, for running and jumping of your stamina. But then also, not only that, with the antlers that you can make pickaxes, now this allows you to mine copper and tin, which, guess what? You find in the very next biome, which is the Black Forest. And then once you get that copper and tin, you can refine them into bronze, which will give you more powerful armor and weapons. Like you were talking about how you're a shield user, I just want to come back to that point. I feel like the shield needs to be nerfed in this game a little bit because it's kind of broken, honestly, because you can block a lot of damage given the respective biome that you get your materials in. So like the wood can block a lot of damage from the meadows. And then when you move on to a bronze shield, it can block an insane amount of damage from the black forest creatures. Not saying that's a bad thing, but I feel like it's a little overpowered in my personal opinion. 
or at least I feel like it should be damaged more so it breaks easier just to make it a little more difficult because just straight up blocking is kind of OP. And that's one of the reasons why I don't do it. I don't want to just like have all this blocking ability, but at the same time, like I die a lot. So it might be more beneficial if I start to use it. The one thing, the blocking actually does take a lot of stamina. It's just, it doesn't take stamina if you're obviously like, if you have a bronze shield and you're fighting against a boar, which is in the meadow. So if you had the shield above the biome that you got it in, it doesn't take a lot of damage. But like, I know we haven't talked about this yet. We'll talk about this right after. But like when we got to the swamp, even though I could block with the bronze shield, it took out way bigger chunks of my stamina because it wasn't up to par. So it kind of gives you the, like, it makes you, even though it can block all the attacks, once you have no stamina, you can't block. Even if mm -hmm. you're technically blocking, the attack will still go through. So I think if anything, if they change it, the durability, yes, I could see that because out of all my times using the shield, I don't think I've ever reached halfway, even in a boss battle where I'm blocking constantly. So I could understand upgrading that so like the durability maybe has to like go in more. But I think how it protects and everything with the stamina stamina consumption rate, I think it's I think it's fine. Fair enough. And this is coming from someone who doesn't use the shield versus someone who does, so this is just my outside perspective. Uh, so as you mentioned, the next biome we're gonna go to is the Black Forest. This biome is much stronger than the last because, as we mentioned, it scales upward so that you're not incentivized to just rush the game. You actually have to strategize a little bit. You'll encounter creatures such as gray dwarfs, skeletons, and trolls in this biome. The rewards here, though, are far greater than the meadows because, as we mentioned, you can get copper and tin, which are very important for this next biome. Unlike the Meadows boss, we don't know where the location of this altar is. Because, as I mentioned in the beginning, or as Bobby mentioned, I don't remember who, <laughs> you get you know the location of Ikethir right away. So here, you have to kind of figure it out yourself. So as you're going through the Black Forest, you'll notice caves and dungeons. And as you go in, you can explore... And you find out that dungeons are actually what contain the map location. Except you, you, it is possible to find the location outside of a dungeon, but I think it's a little more rare. I've only found this one time. The dungeons typically are filled with skeletons, mostly, and sometimes a few ghosts. And without proper armor, they will quickly kill you. Because you are not prepared for these types of creatures yet. Because you don't have the resources. But, of course, the dungeons also contain loot that you need in order to make stronger armor. So, in order to be strong enough for the dungeons, you actually have to enter the dungeons, despite how difficult they are. And despite this difficulty, the game is still really enjoyable, despite the fact that you're going to die a lot in these, in these situations. Because I die a shit ton and get very frustrated... But I continue to play because the overall experience keeps me coming back for more. I don't know how they managed to make this game so difficult yet so enjoyable. It, it boggles me because I'm the type that if I'm just getting obliterated constantly, I get very unmotivated and don't want to continue on. The, the thrill of getting the next item or the next loot just keeps me fighting on. I was going to say, the only time I've honestly ever been, like, almost wanting to drop the game just, like, momentarily, just kind of like a fit of rage, is when you actually go and you're exploring a new biome, but obviously because you're in a new biome, you don't understand the difficulty, and even once we reach this new biome, the swamp, when I try going on my own and I went and I used a boat to get there because you couldn't swim across. And we'll talk about this a little bit after we get through all the biomes. But 
sailing on a boat is not as easy in this game as it is probably any other game. So when you finally get somewhere that took you like 20 minutes to get there, if you get fucking one-shotted <laughs> from out of nowhere when you didn't even see anyone, mm-hmm. and then you lose all your shit, and then now it's like, okay, well, technically you have no way of getting back there. You just lost all your equipment. You can't build another boat because you have nothing. And so, and then like when you finally get there, if you die again because of like... You don't have your armor or whatever with you or whatnot. It's that's the only time it gets frustrating for me is when I got like shit out of luck on a bad like spawn where yeah. there was an archer right at the edge of the biome that just fucking sniped me, killed me twice trying to get back to my body. But one thing I will say that I think they did a good job is when you die, you leave this altar gravestone type thing. And when you take any items from it, you get a buff called Corpse Run for about 60 seconds. And it reduces damage by like 75% by like everything. So you can grab your shit and still run even being attacked and still be able to get out. So I'm glad they did put that in Yeah, there. that was a nice feature. And I have similar scenarios like that where in the swamp I kept getting one-shotted and I just could not get my stuff back. It was not a good experience. That was a very difficult time for me. If they didn't have that corpse run to help you get your stuff back, I feel like it would be a lot different experience. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But back to the Black Forest. So in the dungeons, as I mentioned, you need to get some loot in order to get stronger armor. And one of these is a certling core, which is used to make a forge, a smelter, and a kiln. Or maybe just a smelter and a kiln, actually. Which will help you refine your copper and tin so you can make bronze. So once you make bronze, you can make your armor and weapon that will help you prepare for the boss fight of the Black Forest. Once you make your way to the boss's altar, you get another riddle that will help you figure out how to summon him. And once again, we're, if you don't want to hear what this item is, skip 10 seconds. So in order to summon the elder, you need three ancient seeds and you give it to the fire that's in the middle. Then the elder will appear. He is this large like tree guardian and he has this ability where he summons roots from the ground that will attack you. And he's also able to shoot these very powerful vines from his hands that have a very large range. So if you're, you think you're far enough away from him, he will still probably be able to hit you with them. And if you get too close to him, he's able to stomp on you. So he has a multiple range of attacks that really are suited for all types. So if you have someone up front tanking him, he can smash them. If you have a couple of people who are off in the distance hiding, he's able to raise roots and attack you that way. And if you're out in the open, he will shoot the vines at you to effectively kill you very quickly. He was a very difficult opponent overall, but we were able to persevere and defeat him, which he gave us this elder trophy, similar to how Ikthir gave us a trophy of its own, and he gave each player a swamp key. The trophy gave us this ability to chop trees down twice as fast, which is really great for the base building aspect of the game. The keys gave us this signal to tell us what biome to move on to now. So we got swamp keys, so we know the next boss is most likely in the swamp, so that's the one we can move on to. But we were really not aware of the absolute massacre that would happen in the swamp. So that's Fuck. that's a fun time. The swamp. Yeah, the f- swamp fucking sucks. So far, but- if I could remove a biome, it would be the swamp. <laughs> right. Um, there was only one other time, as we were talking about our death experiences in the swamp, there's only one other time that I was getting really frustrated, and that was on the other world I play. We were facing the elder, and the elder killed me next to the altar. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get my stuff back. So I make my, my trek to him, and it's it was a lengthy run, so it was kind of annoying. Probably five feet before my gravestone, 
He turns around because he's fighting the other players in the server. He turns around, snipes me again with his vine attack, and I die 10 feet from my tombstone. I'm like, all right, here we go again. So I'm running again to my next tombstone. Just I'm trying to make it back to get my equipment. And again, he turns around and snipes me five feet from the previous spot I died. And then it happens one more time, five feet from that gravestone. So I had this line of four gravestones back to back just sitting there. And I'm every single time it was right before I got to some sort of cover. So I could have survived it if I was just three feet to the left, to the right absolutely frustrating everyone else is fighting him and i'm just trying to get my shit back so i can help and they kill him before i can get my shit back i'm like well that was that was a pleasant experience i just wasted 25 <laughs> minutes dying constantly that was i awesome. feel like Great in time. any like any scenario like any open world game like this if you don't experience that at least once in your so, run yeah you're either being way too conservative and over leveled or you're just not ballsy enough to try anything new but <laughs> it's just every time I'm like okay he's focused on somebody else and i think it might be because my tombstone was so close to him that he would auto lock on me because i was getting really close so he would just turn snipe me move on to the next person i'm like are you kidding like absolutely insane that's what it was like when when you guys were building and i was exploring down south and I died to that Draugr village, mm -hmm. and I had to go back, and then <laughs> I, I just died getting, immediately yeah. as soon as I got back because I had no armor. Mm, good times. Uh, yeah, good times. And then we haven't even got to the freaking swamp yet. Now, the meadows, you, graylings aren't everywhere. Boars aren't everywhere. Like You can find a good amount of them. But it's obviously the starting era, so they weren't going to fill you with mobs. But even, like, the Black Forest, unless it's nighttime, you could still, like, go through it and not see, like, a Grey Dwarf as, like, early or, like, right away. Obviously, if you find, like, a, a spawning, a nest, where they come out, obviously they're going to be there. But, like, the Black Forest, you still have some breathing room. The Swamp, everything wants to fucking kill you at every single point. There is no, like, safe zone in the Swamp. Because even when you're building, trying to make shelter, it is constantly getting damaged because it's constantly wet <laughs> in the swamp. So it's like, okay, so even if you find a safe spot, the swamp's like, nah, you ain't getting easy off on this. And then, the, that's not even the worst part. Literally, like, every single creature in the swamp can poison you. So... Even if you manage to defeat them or whatever, if you get poisoned, like the lowest poison is 10 seconds, but still takes three times. So the poison will deal 30 damage, which could be more than the entire enemy hit, like hits you at all before you kill them. But just because you poison, you'll take 30 damage. And it is so frustrating when you see that you're going to die... Because you're just looking down at the <laughs> countdown, looking at your health, and you die with, like, one or two seconds left of poison left. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Well, well not, there is. But, there is, but not at the current time for us, anyways. Yeah. It just sucks, because you're just like, okay, 10 seconds is taking out four damage. I have 38 health. Oh, and it, great. Cool. And the one thing, so going off a little more of the game instead of just the biomes... That how you get health is a little different. So in order to how you raise your health and stamina, you have to actually eat food. And you can only eat three different types of food at a certain time. So you can't eat like three things of meat to boost your health up really high. They made it so like if you eat meat, you can't eat meat again until it like goes away. So a lot of times I eat meat, I'll eat a grilled next tail and a yellow mushroom. So far at that current time, that was the highest health pool I could get and the highest stamina. And so, if you're poisoned and you don't have a free slot to get you food, you basically can't really regen your health. Because it's like you already have it and you're getting attacked so it won't regen because you're in combat. 
And so, like, once you have poison, it's not like you can get anything to, like, heal yourself. Well, you can, technically. not at a current level. Yeah. But, so it was like, once you got poison, you were... You either had to luck out and hopefully you had enough and then you had to wait forever for your like health regen to kick in. But I think it's a cool take. It's just really annoying sometimes, especially in something like the swamp where everything but surprisingly the droggers, which you would think they would be the ones because they're rotten flesh to poison you, but literally like everything else in that forest can poison you. And well, so it's, it's just annoying. It's awful too because one, like you said, everything poisons you except the droggers, but it's a swamp. So you're almost always in water or it's very difficult to stay out of water and there are leeches in it, but these leeches are basically giant eels and they move pretty quickly and it's very difficult to avoid them. And if they hit you, they're messing you up and it's really hard to avoid them. So that's honestly one of the main concerns of the swamp. I wouldn't be as afraid of it if there weren't leeches because you have to plan your exit strategy around where leeches might be. It's very difficult to do. And one wrong move and you're getting poisoned and you're dying very soon. It's I think the water oh. is a very frustrating experience. I think the water itself is a frustrating thing because mm-hmm. you know the freaking dead eye accuracy of the Draugr archers and if you're in the water and you happen to go in that one slightly deeper spot where you can't run or jump and you have to do the little swimmy animation you're getting nailed by an arrow and if yeah. you don't have the health for it that's a death sentence right there so yeah. that and was annoying another frustrating thing about the swamp the water because one you get wet and when you have the wet status, your stamina regens much slower. And then the swamp also is cold. So now you're regening stamina much slower again. So this combination makes it... So if you use up all your stamina, you're going to be walking for a decent amount of time. And if you're walking, those sniper droggers are going to get you. It's not a fun experience. And I will say that deep down in my heart, I absolutely hate the swamp. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But. No redeeming qualities. No, I don't really think there is. But the one thing I will say from a game developer standpoint, I would say they, they made the swamp exactly how I think they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Because absolutely. the meadow is pretty much nothing. You are just, like, slowly getting there. The boss, honestly, like I said, with a wooden shield, you can block every single attack of his. So if you can't get down the combat, just put up a shield and slowly whittle his health down. The Black Forest boss, that's where things start getting a little tougher. Like, the Grey Dwarves really aren't that big of a deal until you get with a Shaman who's almost always accompanied by a Brute which you need to go and usually kill them or get to a nest in order to get the ancient seeds. So the Black Forest definitely ups it from the meadows, but to be honest with you, I feel like the Black Forest is more of like the starting area than the meadows, and it gives you, it teaches you how you want to play, and then that's kind of where you figure out what play style you kind of want to go for. Because yeah. also, like you mentioned earlier, there's trolls, and those guys, you can't really attack just uh, square on. So it's better to attack from range, which is just kind of like the bosses. You generally want to attack from range. And so I feel like the first starting area is really the, the Black Forest, especially getting the copper and tin to get the bronze to actually start going up. But yeah. as I said earlier, you can brute force your way and... Not saying the elders a pushover by any means, but it he does have I don't like I said we've only faced two bosses, so I can't say how predictable attack pattern they all are. But the Black Forest boss you can pretty get away with how you can do because of the altar itself has four pillars that you can easily use for cover. Even if one gets 
covered by roots, you can easily go to a next one and kind of hit and run, hit and run, hit and run. But then all of a sudden you hit the swamp. And I feel like this is like the first wall in this game where you actually have to now take your time, grind up how the game is kind of meant for you to like purposely do it. How it's like, oh, make sure you have all these resources from the previous biome to bring to this one. And this one in the swamp, you can get iron, which is obviously better than bronze, but you don't always have enough iron to make like a full thing. So you can still get, it still kind of forces you to try to get like full bronze, upgrade it, and then maybe slowly replace it with your newfound iron before possibly getting to the third boss. Yeah. But this also forced us to now use a thing we unlocked in the Black Forest that we never used, which was a cauldron. And that's where we found out where you can get poison resist, where you can get health tonics type things. And so now it forces us to actually go back into the Black Forest and explore everything that had to offer. So, like I said, deep down in my heart, I still absolutely hate the fucking swamp with yeah. every fiber of my body. But from a game developer's point, I think it it's doing exactly what they had hoped. Yeah, and I don't think the Black Forest or the Swamp Boss will ever be possible with just bronze armor. I think he's going to be way too powerful because it's actually remarkable how easy it is to defeat the previous boss with the newly found tools and equipment you get from the next biome. Like, Ikethir is beyond easy now with bronze equipment, <laughs> which I'm going to assume that the Elder is going to be extremely easy once we have full iron equipment. It's crazy how big of a jump you experience just from changing the equipment you use and as you said i think this is 100 percent fully intentional they made the swamp how they made it probably to actually throw you off your game because if you're used to fighting in a certain style this may completely change the way you fight so it definitely is this gives you the sense of like weakness and you need to find a way to overcome it so i agree with you intent as exactly how they intended but i absolutely despise it i think one thing though i just want to maybe you could probably like i kind of said how you could swap a few things with iron once you get it but how they how you get iron in the swamp and how you find the boss because you could technically find the boss in the first crypt if you're lucky Mm -hmm. so i still think that you could probably still beat them if you had full bronze, but full bronze fully upgraded. Because yeah. that's one thing I've noticed we haven't really done is, the is that we haven't really been upgrading our stuff. Yeah, I think that's kind of a fluke, though. I think the way they're starting to scale the game, I think it's going to get a little bit harder. And I don't think we will be able to beat without full iron, honestly. Or I don't think we'll be at least be able to beat them with full bronze just because... It's. I'm going to beat him with full bronze. Uh, well, I'm going to be in full iron, so it's going to be a fluke then. <laughs> I don't know, because as we saw, like the first swamp we had, there was no crit. And maybe if you're playing solo, you would be able to get full iron, but they don't really give you enough iron to... Well, I guess maybe to make full iron armor, but not like upgrade it and everything. Well, I think that's the point of the game, because the maps are so huge that... You might not be able to get full iron in your first couple swamps, but they are kind of incentivizing you to continue to explore other swamps so that you can get the full armor. They they want you to fully embrace the world, and I think it's their intention to do that, that you're not going to be able to get a full set right away. I guess I could see that. It's just weird. Like The, the first two bosses huge. are so close to each other and so so similar that once like i said once you get to the swamp it's like hitting a wall because Mm -hmm. like i said going to the black the black forest really isn't i mean yes you get a couple new mobs to increase the difficult it's definitely difficult more difficult than the meadow but like i said the meadow i wouldn't even really call it starting area it's just yeah it's tutorial tutorial. yeah but we this is about the the as much as we've gotten, as far as we've gotten in this game, 
But that's not to say that this is a finished game by any means, because as we mentioned earlier, that this game is still in early access, which means it's not the full game, which is very surprising to me because this game has already given me personally 30 hours of or 35 hours of gameplay split amongst two worlds. And I just now got to the halfway point of the game. But Iron Gate Studios actually released a roadmap for 2021 that outlines their first four updates they plan on doing this year, as well as other possible objectives they have in the future, with no details other than just the name of the update. So it just boggles my mind that this is just early access because I've gotten so much time out of this game in such a, I guess, incomplete game. Just shocking to me. So the first update that they have planned is called Hearth and Home, which I would kind of imply this as being an update to the base building portion of the game, possibly including including aesthetic objects to the home as well as possibly new types of walls, flooring, and other buildable objects just to kind of add on to the possibilities of base building. I hope if it is true, they add more types of fires. More types of what? Fires, like fires. fire pits. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Because as of right now, isn't there really, well, as far as we know, only two? Yeah. There's just like a classic fire pit and a bonfire. Like maybe have something that's more aesthetically appealing, like a a legit fireplace that you can place inside the home that maybe boosts the comfort levels or something. I don't know. Or maybe make cooking easier or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that could be. It could add more, more functional things, like a better cooking I would honestly cool. I think I would kind of like a little more cooking recipes. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, we haven't explored the cauldron all too much, mm-hmm. but I feel like just like meat alone, I I kind of want to do something where like you could season the meat or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe boar meat and deer meat give you two different types so that it would change the benefits of each. Yeah, some something along the lines with a little more like cooking involved because, I mean, we haven't like I said we haven't really explored the cauldron, uh, so there could be a lot more cooking involved that than we realize, and maybe that's what they really meant is for that cauldron to be a cooking pot pretty much for mm-hmm. you to make all this new stuff. But I think if you could add like a basically a stove that you could make more like meaty stuff that maybe gives you more health versus stamina so that way you can kind of it gives you more diverse on what to eat based on certain bosses like if you know you're not going to be running around a lot or like if we divide up the role and i'm like i want to be a tank then i can eat more of the health focused foods and then i would be able to sustain where if you're more running around like shooting arrows you would want the stamina portion like I guess that's right. what I would want from that. And that's to assume that we don't have those already because we don't yeah. know if there's any other, like maybe we can build a, a stone oven or something. We don't quite know because we're still new to the game. So we have a lot Some of you explore. guys might be like, oh my God, there it is. Idiots. You just haven't got there yet. Yeah, because who knows? Maybe when we come to the final look, the, the closing of Valheim episode, we might be like, wow, we were dumb. We had all this to begin with. <laughs> and... Update numero dos is called The Cult of the Wolf, which could imply an update to the mountain biome, which is not really a biome we've had a chance to explore. We've seen one, and it tells us we're freezing, and we start dying, so we have to leave. So it could possibly be there, and new features and mechanics of the wolf mod, mob, not mod, mob, which, again, we haven't got that far in the game, so I don't know if there really is a wolf mob, if there's not, or if it could be, like, maybe because it's, like, cult of the wolf, maybe it's a whole, like, werewolf thing, and they add a new boss to it. That would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, Especially, I don't know if Mountain does have a boss. I'm going to assume they do. So Plains would be a boss, and then Mountain would be the last one? I think I think Plains are going to be last, honestly. That could be. I don't know, because Plains is right next to a swamp, though. Maybe they're teasing you. Oh, well, that could be. <laughs> yeah, so 
I'm not sure about how this works. I'm pretty sure every, well, not every, because there are a few biomes that are not utilized yet. I'm pretty sure they, their plans are giving every biome a boss. That's just my assumption, besides maybe the ocean. But, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe, I don't know if the mountain has a boss yet, mm -hmm. and they just had it because they had this update already. Right. Or it could be more like a cave thing. Like, maybe it's actually, like, underground. Yeah, like Wolf's Den or something. Yeah. It'd be interesting to find out. But uh, the one biome, or one update that I'm really excited for is the one after this, the update number three, which is called Ships and the Sea. And I'm really hoping this will like increase the dangers of the sea, possibly adding new creatures, harsher storms, maybe even more boats. And I can only hope that they add an ocean boss if there's not one already. Because I know there's like this weird serpent that sits on the outside of our boat and has a possibility of attacking us. But I want something that like you find an altar in the ocean and you have to fight this beast while driving a ship. I think that would be awesome and very difficult to do. Keyword there was only you. <laughs> only you? Because uh. you said, I can only hope. And I said, yeah, the keyword there is only. Oh. As in, yeah. like, you're the only one wanting this. Oh, my God. It'd be so fun. I think it would be such a challenge and so terrifying to have an ocean would, creature attack. I would hope if they did this. Okay. I don't know how they would do it. But, like, yes, I could see fighting it being, like, a fun thing, but I'd rather it be more like an optional boss, maybe how what is already here, or, like, not something you technically would need to do to progress, because... Yeah, I want a progression. Yeah, but if you're playing solo, I feel like that would be almost near impossible mm, if you had to yeah. be on a bow and fight. You have a point there. So, like... Maybe something where it's not necessarily optional or, well, I guess it would technically be considered optional if you could bypass it, but maybe like doing this would just give you a easier edge on the next biome, but you could bypass it and just work your way up from the mm -hmm. new biome. But then like this, maybe whatever like the next biome would be, the weapons or something could have like an enchantment that would work specifically for the next biome. So if you took the time to fight this, you'd be easy going on the next one. But I just think because yet I think of the possibility of doing it solo as well, that if you had to ride ships and fight doing it solo would be nearly impossible because you'd have to ride it, stop mm -hmm. it, shoot, go Fair in, enough. ride it. And how quickly those boats can go from stop to start is no, almost non-existent to yeah. where a like sea serpent could easily damage you that's a fair point i'll give you that but like i said i wouldn't mind if it was kind of like an optional thing you could do to maybe just get like exclusive equipment that mm -hmm. maybe is as high level as the next biome so right. you could either start from scratch or do this and have basically equal level of whatever so kind of how like equip like if this was like before the swamp biome let's say if you beat him whatever armor like the the leviathan scales let's call it armor would be as strong as iron which you would be able to get at the swamp i feel like that would be a good kind of like balance mm -hmm. That'd be cool. and then if also like if it continues on maybe there's stronger ocean monsters that you can go that would be like oh okay so the next biome was the mountains that you could find mithril let's say now i have no idea if that's a thing and if i guess it right i'm gonna come back here and say i did but i, <laughs> <it didn't. laughs> I mean a lot of thing it has like um adamantium and oakley or oakleus or oakleum i don't know how to say it uh, as like fantasy ores that are in like mythology and stuff so you never know but like Anyways, you could find, like, higher-level ocean bosses that would be, like, the equivalent to that. So if you did enjoy fighting, like, the ocean bosses, mm -hmm. you could go and hunt them. And the last update is named the Mistlands, which is the addition of a new biome. The Mistlands, this biome is apparently already in the game, 
but it's just an empty biome with nothing to collect or fight. So if you find it, there's nothing to do. So this would end brand new and be something brand new and most likely change the difficulty of the game which for me would probably be my most eager thing because with any open world game i always love exploring and seeing all the new biomes new creatures new whatever things have to offer so if you added a new biome i'd be like yep as soon as it dropped i'd be like all right i'm going to spend i don't care if it takes me two hours i'm going to go find this new biome <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm really excited for a new biome just because, like you said, I would like the exploration part of it. And if this is what comes after whatever the final biome is, it's going to be even more intense and they'll probably add new equipment. So it'd just be a really cool thing to experience. And then there's a couple possible updates included after these four, which are just simple things like more multiplayer interactions, combat improvements, moon phases, tar pits which might be a biome vendor improvements uh i'm gonna butcher this but servalt uh <laughs> brigands which i assume <laughs> is a new mob uh unique locations sandbox mode and moonin which is something in north mythology that regards ravens and there's only speculation of what this means so it's anybody's guess of what this could possibly and with it being only speculation you don't know if it's going to stay or not right but that's probably all that we can talk about with this because we covered basically everything we know about valheim yeah from what we know like we said we're only about halfway i can't wait to actually beat it and come back and see like how our opinions differ but for my question of the day is what is your preferred combat style? Right now, I am using a shield and mace along with the bow as well. I use the bow a lot, but mostly for like bosses and stuff. And then if I need to for like regular enemies, it's typically mace and shield. Yeah, I'm using the Agateer, which is basically a, like a halibird, like some sort of long axe-like weapon on a stick and I like to use the bow a lot because it's a very powerful weapon that keeps people away from me so that's basically my playthrough and uh, that's about it I currently have one fact for us today which is the meadows actually used to be or were known as the green lens or sorry the green forest in the alpha version of this game but were of course changed to meadows so feel free to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for any updates on future episodes. And if you have any questions, concerns, recommendations, feel free to email us at weavespawn at gmail.com. And I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weave spawn. <laughs>